0: So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guest today, she and I sat down in front of a live audience at the W Hotel Times Square and had the most amazing, intimate, hilarious life-changing-for-me conversation. I can't wait to share it with you. The audience was filled with our friends, many theater luminaries who you will recognize as we reference them throughout the show. I'm so thrilled to have been a part of this Broadway at the W series. I can't wait to do more. And here I am welcoming Lara Bonanti to the podcast. Enjoy. okay My guest today is the Tony Award winning actress, Laura Venanti.
1: Did I say Tony Award winning? You did. Yeah. Yeah. And you pronounced my name right, so good job. It's hard. No, it is hard. We'll talk about that in a minute. Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Because everything should be hard. Yeah, there you go. That's my motto.
0: On Broadway, she has starred in Sound of Music, Swing, Into the Woods, Nine, The Wedding Singer, Gypsy, In the Next Room, The Vibrator Play, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, She Loves Me and Be Your Shower, some of her TV credits include Go On, Law and Order SBU, Nurse Jackie, Nashville,
1: The Detour, and Supergirl, oh, yeah. Twins. Twins, just acting with myself.
0: Yeah. yeah. I heard that about you. Yeah. It's my favorite scene partner. She's yeah. great. Except it feels like she's acting she's with herself. She's with herself. She literally is. It's fine. She's also become our comedic relief during the presidency with her genius impersonation of the coughing Melania yeah. Trout.
1: Yeah. <laughs> She's actually gagging. She's She's not coughing. (laughs) She's just always withholding a vomit.
0: Um, Um. Has everybody here seen Laura do Melania Trump? (laughs) I feel like what Tina Fey was to Sarah Palin, like when we think about the people who allowed us to get through a very, very scary time in our lives, Aside from all of the joy you have brought us in your roles on stage and on the small screen and big screen, the idea that you have channeled this character in the most extraordinary way. Is it weird if I ask you to do this entire interview? Yes. Yeah. No, that is
1: weird. That would be weird.
0: I want to talk about your incredible career. But I do just want to start with the Melania thing. Because it really has become an unprecedented joy for all of us to see someone we have seen do the kind of stuff you do musically, but to also be the comedic genius that you are—that's a very rare gift. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Kelly and Celia. Are I saw you talking. Oh my God. <laughs> What? Where you say it again? What? You were saying how what I am? Yes, they were saying how good I was. I just wanted to make sure. Oh you,
1: <laughs> Celia, Kelly, you were talking. That's Please keep that in. I need that to stay in the podcast. Celia and Kelly are my best friends. By
0: the way, you guys, that's Celia Keenan Bolger, Broadway star. <laughs> And Kelly Hutchinson, another Broadway star in the audience.
1: There's just too much happening today. Oh, my gosh.
0: It's an embarrassment of 20 But I know, I, I
1: believe them that they were thinking that because I was thinking it. You were. I was like, she's so good at this. This is a very specific skill that not yeah. everybody has. And you are very, very good at it. To the point where I'm like quiet and like blushing. That's yeah. not normal. I'm not. Well, that's not my normal state. You play twins. I do play twins, so that's really hard too. That is also very hard. Talk to
0: yourself and then remember. Yeah, but somebody wrote those
1: those words for me. Those those brilliant lines. It's true. Yeah. And
0: right now, as I as my dementia kicks in, (laughs) I wish someone had written some words for me. But it's all good. So tell us a little bit about how
1: you came to be Melania. I was on Colbert's show promoting She Loves Me, and he pointed out my physical resemblance to her, which I honestly don't see. I really don't see it in real life. Yeah. Um, But when I make the face, I see it. Show um, us the face. It's audio, but do you, can you... Yeah. yeah. So when I do... Them, yeah. yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, when I do the face, I, I see it, but I don't see it, like, just in the mirror. And then I never thought of it again, and then after her famously plagiarized Republican National Convention speech, I got a call from like millions of calls, actually, from them the next day, being like, can you please come in and do this impression, which I really appreciate. They had never seen me do a full impersonation, and they had no idea if I could do the accident or if I would be funny in any way. They really took a chance. And it was a live show. It was like an 11.30 live show. There was no going back. And I had like five hours to... Uh, figure it out. And How did you do that? I just I watched her speech over and over and over again, and I just zoomed in on her mouth in particular, and then just like turned the lights down just like the tiniest bit. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I then, did. yeah, I Yeah, just what like you mean. quiet it. Make it quiet in there, Um, except for like a panic button. Like I feel like at any moment she's like ready to hit a panic button. That's what the eyes are. She's on high alert at all times. And so the first time I did it, it was just like get through it. And then when I had more time to think about it, I really I didn't want to make fun of her so much because even though she made her own bed and she knew who she married. You know she's a mom I think she likes her son she's not an idiot she speaks five languages hi um, you know she speaks five languages so she right. speaks four and a half more languages than I do and um, I didn't want to be cruel to her I do want to be cruel to him sure and so I can't do an impersonation of him and also more than anything I, I want to bring some levity to it feels like a garbage fire constantly. I think of her as like um, as America. So we're all reluctantly married to him now. So I try to channel us, through her, which is why it's gotten progressively um, sillier yeah. um, and <laughs> stupider and and a little bit more pointed, where it's very clear that she's like, "I don't like him, right, but I'm just married to him.
0: And she's held hostage. As no, we she's all held hostage right as we all
1: feel right now. And I do genuinely think, and what do I know? I don't know her. But I do think she must feel held hostage, right? She, she must.
0: Yeah. Well, she's here. Where tonight. is she? Melania? She's in a bunker.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I feel like she would be so grateful if I was just like, hey, girl, I'm going to take this for a couple <laughs> days. Yeah. Like, you go to a spa, and I'll just. I got this. I got this. You're yeah. fine.
0: I I am not being hyperbolic when I say it has been one of the greatest joys of this presidency, if not the only it's
1: one. The, yeah, I feel like there's no joy. I feel like it's just like the tiniest bit of, it's like the sticky part of the Band-Aid. It's not the soft part of the Band-Aid. We're like, this still feels gross and horrible. But at it's least not. it's covering just the tiniest bit of this wound. But I know taking it off is going to hurt.
0: It does hurt a lot. But let's take it off. Yeah. Let's take him off. All right, we're going to go back, Okay. shall we? A let's do bit. it. Let's go back. OK. So. So the one wonderful tech moment that did happen is we were able to share the little known fact about Laura, which is... Literally, like, here's someone who has dreamed her entire life. From what I understand, you came out of the womb, you cried, and then you sang like mm-hmm. in that perfect soprano voice. Is that yeah,
1: true? I had a top hat and a cane. <gasps> jazz hands. I'm like, it's a, <laughs> it's a it's showbiz. Oh my God, that baby is doing jazz hands. She's amazing. Yeah, I was but, like that. So
0: let me just fill you in. I can't imagine there's anyone here who doesn't know this, but Laura's mother, Linda, with whom she has begun to do the most incredible cabaret show. Um, Laura's mom was on Broadway before she had her children, mm-hmm. and soon after decided to be with her children. Yes. and clearly she, that was a great decision in this case because you came out amazing. Did I? Um, <laughs> well, we have more to talk we'll about. We'll here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and her mom became a really beloved, respected voice teacher. Yes. And from what I understand, did those voice lessons happen in your home?
1: Yeah, my mom gave voice lessons out of our home, and a lot of times I would just be there with her while she was teaching voice, which must have been so unsettling for people learning to sing. We're just this like very bossy four-year-olds, just right. like sitting there. And I would be like, no. You were like Simon no. Cowell. No, I was like Simon Cowell. I was like a no. little tiny evil Simon Cowell. Um, but when I liked someone, I would say bravo. Yeah. Um, You're going to Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. You got something, kid. But yeah, and and then my mom started teaching me when I was little, just because I asked her to and just for fun. But she never pushed me. I I wanted to be an actress from the time I was really small, but I was always so tall and very awkward. Um, And my mom knew if I had auditioned for children, they would have been like, ma'am, get out of here. (laughs) You know, like when I was 14, I was this tall. And I see some 14 year olds who are on Broadway. They're playing like five year olds. They're these tiny little like cuties. And I was not. Ah, a tiny cutie. I was like, "Hello." I had like a full mustache. <laughs> just so you'd be in the playground
0: good. and cops would come over and
1: be like, "There've been some calls be like, from Sir, Do you have a child <laughs> yeah, here. Exactly. You gotta go." Oh, people used to think my, my sister's seven years younger than me, and people used to think I was her mom when I was like fourteen. It was horrible. And then I would I would pretend I was. I'd be like, "Yeah, no, it's been hard." And I was a single mom. Horrible. My mom was like, please stop doing that. <laughs> it's not good. Sorry, I'm practicing for SVU.
0: I have a friend whose uh, who's kid told the teacher when she was in first grade that she still breastfed. Stop. And the mother had to come in and see the principal and the teacher. They sat her down and they were like, listen, we think that's so cool. No. And we're so not judgmental. But we just think it's weird for the other children when Isabel tells them that she's still breastfeeding. And my friend was like, I am not, I never I
1: never breastfed. I never breastfed. <laughs> I just straight <laughs> bottles.
0: It was oh my like, god! She's like, why did you tell your class that? She's like, I just thought it was funny.
1: I thought it was funny. Yeah. I remember telling my funny. friends because my parents were divorced. Yeah, and um, not funny. Not funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, but I, instead of being like, my dad lives in a sad apartment with garbage everywhere and like a barca lounger that he never gets out of, I was like, my dad has an American flag in the middle of his house. That's what I told people. That's what you Like remember. they were going to be like wow. That is so cool. Why would I say that? I also told people I was in Les Mis on Broadway. And then I when don't. they'd be like when I was like 11. Yeah. And when they were like why don't you ever miss school? I was like I don't do matinees. No.
0: It's a how much kids lie my it's sister is here lie. tonight and she'll remember is? this yes my sister's here ladies and gentlemen where she loves this oh, yes. this is she literally like me putting iodine in her eyeballs Like, no my the sister's stuffing. the same way yeah please absolutely not um okay it's not really my sister but we were in camp together my sister is also about the same age range as yours and and by the way I'm younger, and people think I'm her older sister, which is less of a compliment. Yeah, that's not fun. But we were in camp together, and I told everyone that I had a twin. A twin. Yeah. My sister was at the camp. Right. I said I had a twin brother. They'd go to like, does she have a twin? And she'd be like, no. No. And yeah. then they would come back to me and say, "Your sister says you don't have a twin." I'd be like, "She's, She's a lying." Liar. Yeah,
1: and you'd look them straight. I remember She's looking people liar. straight in the eye and being like, "I am on Broadway, and yeah. how dare you for questioning yeah. that I am on Here's Broadway?" Here's a playbill. Do you know how hard? It, yeah, totally. Do you know how hard I work? I do not work hard because I am not in that show. So weird. I am my own twin. yeah I am my own twin. I think you know the name of the pilot you need to write. I am my own twin. And I will star in it, oh unfortunately. My God. Oh Sorry. My God. That's you're gonna okay. have to write it for me.
0: Seven hundred time Tony Winner Laura Bananti, that's okay. So
1: It will be cancelled immediately though. The truth is <laughs>
0: you're just hoping. I mean what is truly astonishing is you did sort of sing already like the way you sing from a very young age. Yeah, yeah I did.
1: Yeah, I, I I never had like a, I don't know, I always had a, a maturity about me in every way. In a way that people were like, oh, she's such an old soul, but you know they really mean. Like, she a little bit creeps me out. Yeah. That kid. Um, that's how I was.
0: So this is a true story. It's not apocryphal. Like, you literally, other than the, you know, the the chorus line commercial, I love New York, I've just come out of my mother's vagina Uh image. You really did want to be on Broadway your entire
1: life. Yes, I do not remember a moment where I didn't want to be on Broadway. I never wanted to be famous. I never wanted to be like in TV and movies. I never saw that for myself. I always was like, I want to be on Broadway.
0: And is that because of your mom's legacy? And she, no. like, what was your
1: introduction to Broadway? My, I mean, my mom played. My mom actually mostly played Carly Simon because she was getting a divorce and was hella sad. <laughs> so it was just like a lot of like very sad carly simon music um, never know yes yeah it was a lot of like is that carly simon or was that, that carol king I, that might have been carol king
0: cuz these are the good old days. is that carly yeah. simon thank i you. blocked it out thank you i can't listen to carly simon
1: to be selling cd's
0: afterwards of <laughs> yeah. you just
1: going <laughs> <laughs> called almost carly simon <laughs> Um, was I pitchy? Like, was no, a they were pitchy. perfect. Oh, okay. There were no words okay. happening, but <laughs> the, the tone was really beautiful. Um, but yeah, I like she. So I I just started watching. Oh, I know. She put on Annie the 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 movie Annie for me, yeah. and I was like, Oh, I want yeah. Annie? And then she told me that the tape broke, but it did not break. No, she broke okay. that tape <laughs> because I started acting like a little bratty. I started acting like Annie. Did you play Annie? No, because I was 100 feet tall. Right. Yeah. I, Miss Hannigan, I, I would have been Hannigan. Miss Hannigan. Absolutely. There was an audition for Annie. I think there was an Annie revival when I was like 11, and I begged my mom to go. And she was like, she was told me straight. She was like, honey, you are too, you seem too old. You have breasts.
0: <laughs> so you were literally auditioning for your first Broadway show. Yeah. Which happened because something at so, Paper Mill Playhouse.
1: Yes, Paper Mill Playhouse, it was a magical dream come true for me. So I went to Kinnelon High School in New Jersey, which was a very very small town. I had 89 kids in my graduating class. And nobody cared about anything that I cared about at all. And um, did you have friends? I I had friends who were they they like tolerated me, you know. And it it was an interesting exercise in. um, That's where I feel like I learned how to be an actor because if to be myself meant to be alone. So in order to like fit in with everybody, I would just try on whatever persona of the person I was with. So if that person was like a hemp necklace wearing, Dave Matthews listening, like Birkenstock wearing person, I that's what I was. Or if they were like a vegan punk rock person, that's what I was. And that's sort of how I floated around. And I think if people were to look back, they would say like, oh, Laura was friends with everybody, but nobody knew me because I was not my like true self. I wasn't showing anyone a that person was like way. More like sad and dark than I felt comfortable being. And just because I wasn't didn't know what I was yet, you know? Um and what I the essence of who I was felt uncomfortable to me. So But you were
0: know, you doing shows? Because so many of my guests are like, I felt like that during yeah. the day, and then I walked into yeah. The, you know, the the room where we rehearsed musicals yes. in high school and I was myself.
1: See, nobody in high school cared about musicals. So, like, I was the only one who cared about it. You're so, I was the, the only, like, it was me and then the cheerleaders who were in, like, the dance in the background and then all the boys who wanted to be near the cheerleaders and me being like, everybody, shh! And just, like, <laughs> taking it so seriously. And, like, sipping tea. And everyone was like, what are you doing? You're our boy. It's not air. It's um,
0: no good
1: for the children's voices. Yeah, it's it was not. Uh, yeah. a fun time. So I, I don't know how this happened, but Paper Mill Playhouse, they have something called the Rising Star Awards, and it started that when I was a junior in high school. And so they came to see me play Dolly Levi in Hello, Dolly. Were you
0: the only person in Hello, Dolly, or yeah. was there a
1: whole cast? I was in it. My sister, who's seven years younger, was in it. And there was a cast, but it, if you watch the video, it is like one extremely intense like grown, like 45-year-old woman <laughs> with so much contouring makeup on, sure. just and so much blush. Like, I don't know what part of me was like, just, she needs a lot of rouge. <laughs> like, they're not going to see my cheeks unless they are fire engine red. And then just like a bunch of other kids being like,
0: hello, Dolly. Well, hello, just, Dolly. Yeah, just
1: showing, just showing how annoyed they were to be there. I won this Paper Mill Playhouse Rising Star Award because I think they were just like, somebody help that girl. Like it felt like a pitying thing of like we're saving a life. It was like a make a wish. And Sally Struthers has all the. Okay. Yes, it was okay. that where they were like, come here. Yeah. Went, um, and so they they I I, so I won that award and then they put me in one of their shows which was a straight play, and where Anne Hathaway was my understudy. She's who? never right. heard of her and even then so she was 14 years old and i remember even then she was like on the atkins diet she had like a 12 point plan to like what her career was going to be and i swear to god she did every single thing on it i remember it i remember her being like i'm going to do a pilot and then i'm going to get a movie and then after that it, she mapped out her life she is the secret
0: so that's all it would have been had i done that
1: yeah that's what we should have done like a list yeah instead of just being like i guess i'll go over here (laughs) yeah i should have probably like envisioned what i wanted to do yeah it's really interesting so so i won that Award. They put me in a play, and then I got my equity card. And then the casting director for the revival of The Sound of Music on Broadway called, asking if they had a leasel And because I was 17, they recommended me. And I showed up in my prom dress because I was—I just like assumed you wear your nicest dress to a Broadway audition. Yeah, you do. Oh my god. And I just had written down oh, all of my smell. high school—I know, just really, garbage. Moms. Really, we were doing laundry, we and were. then we came here. We were. My oh, daughter sad. spit up on me, and I was like, oh, "All right, well, that's better." So th- they didn't give me. Liesl because I seemed too old, and they literally said that. And then they ended up casting me as the understudy for Maria. Rebecca Luker was the act, is the actress. She's beautiful. She's so beautiful. And then when she left, I took over okay. and played opposite Richard Chamberlain. Do you remember? <laughs> I was 19, and he was 19,000. That is not weird at all. Not creepy. My sister, who came to see the show, she was 11. When we kissed, I heard her go, EW! in the audience. She remember She was like, "Yeah, that was really horrifying for me." <laughs> I was, I was into it. I was like, "Doctor Kildare, okay, sure." I was a hundred. I didn't. Care. I was re- older than him.
0: You we were like Richard. Was like Laura and Laura. Like, yeah. Too much time. Exactly. Like, okay. Thought, I'm sorry, sir. Um. Do you remember that audition? Vividly beyond. Yeah. The dress?
1: Yeah, I, I do remember it because I also um forgot my nice shoes, so I wore clogs. <laughs> so I wore like my prom dress and just Holland's greatest export. <laughs> and i remember them saying to me do you have an updated resume because this is all high school credits and i said i am in high school and they were like can you give us a moment and they ha- asked me to leave and then they had me come back in and sing more stuff and then they were just like sing this it was like it was it was actually really fun because i was fearless i had no idea that they would be considering me for anything other than being in the ensemble, right. being in the ensemble is amazing. I'm not si- trying to know, denigrate that in you any way. But literally,
0: like you went from math class and then you yeah. went to this, and you're that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, and you kind of haven't looked back since. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I was really lucky in that. It's such an unusual story, and I sort of realize now how how much luck was involved and and kismet and. Stardust and whatever you want to call it, um, and also definitely hard work and secreting. And then yeah, and then at 18, <laughs> yeah, it's totally secreted that from the time I was like two years old. That's all I ever wanted to do. And then I was there at 18, and I was like, okay, well,
0: so what happens, happens now? <laughs> yeah, like at 18, yeah. what happens? It's sort of like what happens to. The boy who got everything. He lived happily ever after. So here you are. That's um, a little Willy Wonka reference. (laughs) I know you're all musical theater people. That's also a film. (laughs) What's that? So what happens when your dream comes true at the very beginning of a career.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for me it was really challenging because again, I had never been like and then it's movies and Hollywood. I was just like, "Well, here I am." And then I was I went from living with my family in New Jersey to being alone in a studio apartment. And everybody my age was in college and you know, the people who are older than me were older than me. They didn't want to hang out with an 18-year-old kid, so I was really lonely. And, you know, I, I don't mean to complain, but to, to to answer your question honestly, you know, I think it led to just like a series of boyfriends and husbands because I was like, Well, you'll pay attention to me. Yeah. You know, and by the time everybody graduated college You were had two husbands. I, I had one husband. Yeah. Already? yeah. Yeah. And and they had their friend group and maybe had like known of me or whatever and, and thought one thing of me or whatever it was. And so I like couldn't get into anybody. I couldn't, nobody wanted to be my friend. It was, it felt like high school again, where I was like, okay, well, I know that this is a way to not be lonely. And so I would just like work really hard and then just have like a thousand boyfriends. There's a part of me, although I do not in any way regret, like my journey, for lack Mm -hmm. of a better word, there are times where I wish I had gone to college because I wish I had gotten to fail on a smaller scale. And I wish I had gotten to um, have that time with people my own age, you know, to learn and grow. I felt like I, I had to grow up really quickly. And in a, in a strange way, it was infantilizing I because that. I was, I, I wasn't actually grown up. I was pretending to be grown up. Yeah. So it felt like it took a really long time for me to know who I was because I was so busy being whatever anybody else wanted me to be.
0: Case in point, there's a, your community of, of peers and colleagues and fellow artists are here today. So at some point, I mean, not that this is all your friends. I know you have more friends.
1: But <laughs> no, this are, is it. Those yeah. two. Yeah, it's the bottom um, of the barrel.
0: Loving <laughs> <slumming> it again. <laughs> At some point, you found your community. Yeah. And and can you kind of hearken back to when it began to gel—that you and yourself and and what you were doing and the people were your age who were also doing Celia
1: Keenan Bolger's wedding. Celia it took that long. Yeah. Yeah. It, I call it the wedding that changed my life, and it was not my own. <laughs> um, yeah. It was Celia's wedding and where I really got to know Celia and Kelly and our friend Sarah. And it was the first time um, in a really long time, maybe ever, where I met people and I was just like instantly myself. It was weird. I, I just knew, like, okay, I didn't have to be anything else. And oh gosh, it's going to make me cry. Um, where it felt like being a kid. Yeah. You know, where you meet a kid on the playground and you're just like playing the same game and you don't yeah. know how it happened, but yeah. everybody's agreed on the rules and, and now it's so fun. And that's what it was. That's incredible. Yeah, but it took a long ass time. Really you did. Were invited to that wedding? No, just I just sh- showed up. <laughs> I just showed up and they were like, you can come Wasn't in. Wasn't it in Vermont? Yeah. That's it was in way. Vermont. That's- yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not allowed back in, in the state of Vermont. <laughs> I'm wanted there. I mean, it's
0: only a little bit weird that you were there, but it sounds like it turned out. As it turned a, out as okay. Well, yeah. as it could have turned out. Yeah. So, you have been nominated for many Tony Awards, which is a really wonderful thing. Yes. Uh, and it must feel like okay, I I am doing this thing that I love. How mm-hmm. nice that my community also appreciates it. Yeah. Um, but I also know that probably winning. Yeah. is even better yeah. than being nominated. Feels
1: it feels more fun.
0: So <laughs> yeah, um Gypsy yeah. was an extraordinary turning point for mm-hmm. you. Uh, because it is the role for which you won. Yes. You and I both share in an unbelievable love of Patty Lapone Yes. Um the biggest. I recently told someone that when you get an email or text that says hi doll, yes. you know who it's from, and I still screenshot it. Mm-hmm. Even though, like it's that ridiculous. And sort of like, Can I post this? Like Patty Lapone right, like yeah. it's sad. But you I know it's I, very I, big. But deeply I want to show sad, up. A yeah, little yeah. Bit. Same. I have found her to be one of the most inspirational people in my life. Same. She has a very complicated Reputation, I know. But in working with her, I was only the recipient of love and fun Me too. and uh, crazy silliness.
1: Yes, tremendous silliness. She's very silly and funny.
0: What was your uh, experience? had you did you know verge was before or
1: after that women on the verge um so we, we did gypsy and then she and i actually did a pilot together for okay. cbs that did not get picked up no of course not right exactly and then Who'd um, want to watch you two no nobody it was about books so nobody oh, nobody beard. cared yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah. yeah it was about an unmarried woman who likes to read books so they were like hard pass where are the boobies <laughs> um but she's a stripper in exactly and then she's Exactly. a tri- then, and she's 25 oh, she's and she's a doctor Dostoevsky. yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly right. Ugh, no. she rides a motorcycle yeah. um but doesn't know she's sexy no you know what i mean just like sexy in a casual way that's my least favorite thing that's my least favorite breakdown like where they're like sexy but doesn't know it you're like fuck you if you're sexy you know it how dare you What woman is like, I'm sexy? (laughs) (laughs) But that's not sexy. You're (laughs) the worst, then. Then you're just horrible, and I don't want to be near you. Can I
0: just tell you something? Yes. I never remember my dreams. Maybe that's because I'm 100, and your dementia follows Mm -hmm. you into your sleep. Yep. But last night, I had the craziest dream, and this is true, that I was on a game show. Really? A game show. And they asked, part of it was like thinking about what I was going to talk to you about, sort of like cute little things I do on my show, and should I have my guests say the following? The game show host was like, what are the three words that make you the most anxious on the planet? Oh, wow. It was slate your name. Yeah. Those were the three words in my dream that made me unbelievably anxious. Slate your name is when you're about to audition And you go from having like incredibly warm, normal, civilian conversation with the casting director where you're two human beings like, how are you? Oh my God, I saw that picture of George on Instagram. She got so grown up. And you're like, I know. And then all of a sudden they say slate your name and it is impossible to be the same person. No, you're a robot. You're
1: like, you become a robot. Yeah.
0: And like my stomach is in my throat. And I thought how wild that I dreamt that. It's really interesting. Because I used to have this idea that at the beginning of every conversation, I ask my guest to like slate your name and then I thought but that would start the whole thing in a terrible, terrible yeah, terrible. the opposite of like little known fact they're brilliant like that's yes. the opposite yes anyway I just remember that and I that's wanted to really share fun. that
1: I once had a director say to me um, after a scene okay do it again but just talk like a person and I was like <laughs> as opposed to and he was like when we're talking right now you're so interesting and engaging and then when you started doing the scene I don't know what happened and I was like I thought I was being the same and he was like, no, no, you are not. You slated your That's name. how all my television auditions went for like the first 10 years where they were just like, no, nobody understood. I was, they, I was sounded slightly British at all times <laughs> because I grew up watching music, 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 music musicals, <laughs> music, music, musicals um, movie musicals. So yeah. I was like doing a little bit of like a Judy Garland impersonation, sure. I think I'm really it was really terrible. Of,
0: can I just say they're wrong.
1: You're yeah. right. Now I just pretend like I'm drunk and I get it. Like if I'm just like it's just like this as small as you can be like barely moving my mouth if I barely move my mouth and never blink my eyes I get it. You're like yeah. I saw the yeah curve. like yeah. If there's any if I if if there's any if if you move your mouth too much or if yeah. you're too loud you don't get it. That's what I've learned. Just have I to whisper. try
0: that. Like I want to give you a piece of dialogue. Okay. All right. The first time I saw Carl, I
1: knew that he was trouble. The first time I saw Carl, I knew that he was trouble. Done. Emmy. Yeah, I mean. Because if there was a camera there, they would have been like, what's happening? And guess what? Nothing. Nothing. And that's what we want. That's what we want. All right, we're talking on network about television.
0: Patty LuPone, yeah.
1: Gypsy. Patti LuPone. So I've only ever had an amazing experience with Patty Lapone. Here's my take on Patty. If you are doing your job well, if you show up on time, if you are respectful and kind, she will love you. If you like mess around, show up late, take up a lot of like um, emotional space. It, she'll give you all the emotional space that you need if you are just doing your job she has yes. no time for nonsense yeah and I respect that I really do and she's Sicilian so if I don't have time for nonsense I'm like is it okay do you mind is it all right if you maybe don't to yeah and she's like yeah. shut up <laughs> you know but honestly I'd rather that yeah it's more direct it's yeah. not passive aggressive in any way it's just aggressive yeah um but I I have only amazing stories of her and I I love her She sent. And Ella, my daughter, this like radio flyer full of all this baby stuff. And I called her to thank her and she was like, It was for a girl, right? <laughs> I was like, Yeah, your people sent me something for a girl. Don't worry. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. She was like, Okay, good. It's the thought that counts. Yes,
1: of course. It's the assistant's thought that counts. It's exa- I know it was her thought. Yeah. And then somebody executed yeah, it. She, I want someone buy. to execute my thoughts. <laughs> Please, that's why I had a baby.
0: I want someone to literally execute <laughs> my, my thoughts, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I really need them to stop. They Me too. have to stop. Me too. Um Laura meditates. <gasps> yeah, I do. Did you meditate today? Yeah. Are you meditating now? Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm always meditating. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up. Um, Sorry, i still meditating.
0: <laughs> is that something that began more recently in your life, or is this a practice now that you've encountered this, for a while? Yeah, this
1: is something I've been doing now for I would say like a little over five years, I think, around there. Um, I started having extremely bad like stage fright. Like really? Oh my god! Like Far vomiting. Far into your career. Part, yeah.
0: Like, now, mm-hmm. do you, can you speak to why that started? Yes, I know exactly why. Because
1: okay. when I was younger, there was the novelty of she's a kid. So even if I was like not that great, they were like, she's 19. Yeah. So then when I was a full fledged grown up and it's like, yes, you should be good at your job, I started to feel the pressure of I should be good at my job. Huh. Um, and then like the imposter syndrome comes in and. Uh,
0: I love that
1: show. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, And, yeah, I just started getting really, really nervous. And I had a series of of very scary auditions where I would go in and just, like, sweat. And then I would sit down, and they'd be like, how are you? And I'd be like, fine. So I'm going to go. And I couldn't do it. I would just leave.
0: And those are the ones you booked.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, she's so small, she didn't even do it. (laughs) did not even talk the camera looks we must that. have her um no i did not book those yeah. uh yeah. and i was like i have to do something i have to figure it out and um my friend uh jenna actually when i was doing that that hit show the playboy club with yeah. she i was not is that i wasn't in you that were part. not no one was in that okay. <laughs> yeah that, that got canceled very very quickly okay. um a real feminist show that yeah. i was a part of to be fair when i signed up for it it was It actually was, and then all of a sudden they were like, Eddie Cibrian and mob bosses, and I was like, bye. So I started, my friend Jenna talked to me about her meditation practice, and she set me up with her friend, um, Emily Fletcher, who owns now a meditation studio called Ziva Meditation, Uh Z-I-V-A, and she taught me um, to meditate. And so I started doing it 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. And it was really transformative for me. It really took a lot of my my anxiety and um, fear, just so much fear. Uh, and it helped me sort of quiet it.
0: Do you have a ritual or an ongoing pre-show practice separate from that that is consistent from show to show or does it change based on the, the
1: show? I do. The Gosh, I sound like I, I, I'm going to sound like such a crunchy granola-y hippie and I'm really not but I do Jungian dream work so I'll journal I always uh-huh. journal for like whatever characters I'm playing. So
0: in the voice of the character yeah. or as the character.
1: I ask my dream to for whatever question I might have about the character or to align me closer to the character um, and I found that to be really helpful. Anything Thing that's sort of unlocking my subconscious I find to be really helpful because I think growing up the way I did and growing up um, in musical theater, it can lock you into sort of a perfectionism mentality yeah. where you have to get it right immediately and so then you're afraid to fail. And for me, when I get into that, I, it's, it's really bad for my acting. It gets, yeah. it gets really, really robotic and, and then I'm not talking like a person. <laughs>
0: Now I find you to be such an incredibly fluid, beautiful dancer to so watch. You I do?
1: do. When have I danced?
0: In every show. I do. Well, Gypsy. I mean, you did a strip tease. But yeah, you like move, you move really well. Thank
1: you. I appreciate did that. Did
0: you have a dance background, or do you kind of do no. it? And we like look up here and later. Yes, never. Not doing no, anything. I can't do okay. anything. In
1: fact, my greatest fear is a dance call. I've, I've never gone, gone to one. I've never been in one. And I, I have cried repeatedly in rehearsals When they're like No it's just like a step ball change I'm not nope. a dancer at all But then once I get it I figure it out Because then I'm like oh, Okay I'm just acting I'm, The character is yeah. doing it But I am not like a natural dancer Like my sister is incredible She will go into a club And all of a sudden There's a, a, like a ring of people around her And she's just like dancing Like she's in a music video And that I just I'm not like that at all
0: that's incredible. So, so you journal? Are you in your dressing room journaling, or are you? I do it before
1: I go to sleep. Okay. So that when I wake up, I write down all the images that I saw in my dream. Okay. And then I, and then I draw them. So I'm a terrible, terrible artist, but just to have the image in so my mind. So you draw like you dance. I draw like I dance. Yeah, exactly. Like like a slightly drunk old woman with a limp. Um, but yeah, so I I do that and I meditate. Uh, And, you know, like, what we all do. We research the character and all all that nonsense.
0: You know, it's a very rare thing for someone to sing the way you do, act the way you do, be as hilarious as you are, and to be as... um, physically beautiful oh, as you are it's sort Thank of an you. unbelievably mom i do you... not like you <laughs> at all i don't like sitting That's next nice to you to <laughs> no it's just and and now you're a parent and so you a no longer have the luxury of like i'm on
1: vocal rest no
0: so how do you i mean the the kind of tremendous stamina and vocal strain mm-hmm. um that it takes to sing eight shows a week yeah the things that you used to do to protect yourself are probably not available to you in the same way no so this is actually a question that someone on twitter asked oh and you Um, memorized it i memorized you're amazing i believe her name is lisa okay god Um, how do you now kind of attend to what you need to do your work and attend to your incredible daughter at the same time? And how are you
1: managing it? I don't think I'm, I don't know. I think Mm -hmm. that's a really interesting question. I know that I'm trying my best. I do know that. That I um, I prioritize Ella above all things, and sometimes maybe to my own detriment, yeah. and then that flip flops and becomes to Ella's detriment because then I'm sick and I'm exhausted, but I just don't have the um, the patience that I that she deserves. Yeah, and I, I I find that for me it's like really coming down to. And I was actually texting with Kelly and Celia about this, about my physical health, where like I've always had an autoimmune condition. um, And since I was pregnant with my daughter, it's just been really, really difficult. And it's spun sort of out of control now, where I feel like I just cannot get well. I think I think I'm just gonna have to rest more than I'm used to resting, which I can't do necessarily because um, you know sometimes she doesn't sleep through the night. Right. She wakes up at six in the morning, and she is like, ah! you know, there's no like I'm just gonna. She's not like in there reading books. She's like, let us be quiet mommy wakes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. no, no, no. She's not like bringing mommy her her espresso. Um, and then when she is, she is not a kid who's just gonna like sit there and watch TV. She wants to go outside. If She will bring me my shoes. She will bring me my coat. And she, we go to the same coffee shop every morning. And, you know, there are times where I'm just like, I am so tired. I don't know how I'm walking around. So, you know, like My Fair Lady is happening right now on Broadway. And I was so sad that I wasn't doing it. And then I have for the past six weeks been, I've had the flu and bronchitis and I'm like, thank God I'm not doing it because I can't say to Ella, like, can you pause? Can you just like be 14 months old forever while I do this show? No, that's not happening. Yeah. So I guess really it's about making choices now where like for me, meteor shower was perfect because it was a play. So even if I was sick, I could do it because I didn't have to sing. And it was 75 minutes, which was magical. Perfect. So, yeah, I, I think a long-winded answer to that question. I have to, like, I, I'm figuring it out right now. Yeah. How to prioritize and how to stay creative, um, but also, like, get enough rest and self-care. And then also be there for her. You know, she's learning everything. Yeah. You know, sometimes I expect her just to know things. And I'm like, "All oh, right, you're a freaking baby. You don't yeah. know anything. Yeah. I have to teach you everything.
0: Maybe, or you could get her tested and just find out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, she is, I, I know she's my kid, but yeah. she's a crazy genius. Like, yeah. she's so smart that it actually scares me sometimes. She has so many words. She started walking when she was 10 months old and not like walking like a toddler. She was like... <laughs> Just like got up and started walking. There was never any like, you know that where they walk like Frankenstein? Yes. She never did that. She was just like, I'm going to go from here to there and I'm going to get the thing and bring it over there. Are you guys coming? Yeah. So are you coming? But that's how she she goes, she goes ah, ah. She like yells at me. And I'm like, Alice, stop yelling at me, please. She's an abusive baby. I, <laughs> she is.
0: Kids are scary. Yeah. They're totally scary. Well, if you were to look back I guess okay. I want to say one thing I don't yeah. know if you guys are aware of this And it's a very long story And since we're coming to the end of the interview yeah. We're not going to get into the whole thing We're not going to But this woman Literally broke her neck <laughs> When she was doing Into the Woods on Broadway yeah. Literally She yeah. was in tremendous pain No one understood what was going on Physical therapy was not quite curing it Yeah, And I believe it wasn't until you were about to do Women on the Verge.
1: No, it was um, actually. Or nine. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I was in Into the Woods, and I, I had to do this Pratt fall down a flight of stairs. And the first time I did it, I was like, "Well, I can never do that again. That's right. horrible." Right. And then they were. I was so young. I was twenty-one, and I, I was sort of humiliated into doing it. That's why I say like the pe- people pleasing. The pe- people pleasing for, broke yeah. my neck. Yeah. Because so I was like, okay, yes, I want everyone to like me, so I'm going to do this eight times a week even though I'm terrified and every time I do it, it hurts. Yeah. And I remember the crew guys being like, you could never do that again. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I know, I don't want to. Yeah. They were so nice to me. And the crew was always so, so nice to me. And and now I look back and I'm like, right, I was like a 20-year-old girl. Of course they were nice to me. Like at the time I was like, they just love me for my personality. <laughs> no. They did not. Maybe it was both. They left both. me for my very perky boobies. Maybe it was both. Yeah, maybe it was. I was always yeah. nice girl to them. Um, but anyway, so I fell down a flight of stairs, eight shows a week, and it got progressively worse. And then I just was like, I thought I hurt my wrist, but it wasn't my wrist. I went to, got so many x-rays and finally an MRI. And then the producers sent me to their doctor. And she was like, yeah, you herniated these discs, but you'll be fine. Just go to physical therapy cut to one day I literally could not feel my body at all and they had to bring an ambulance and it was very dramatic and like embarrassing and humiliating and and then I just never went back and it was there was no closure and then my uncle Bob died who was like my favorite uncle like right in the same week and I wrote a letter to the cast being like my uncle Bob died and I have to get surgery on my neck and I'm really sorry if I hurt anyone like yeah. what? I'm really sorry if I hurt anyone's yeah. feelings your neck is broken. by my uncle dying and breaking yeah. my neck. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You're of, so mean. It, it was, uh, yeah. I look back and I just think, Oh God, I, why wasn't anyone saying to me like, no, don't yeah. you, this is not your what fault. We Where you? are their fucking letters. Yeah. So I had surgery on my spine and, And I will say, uh, the director of the show called, and he was like, I am so sorry. Yes, I am so sorry. He actually never wanted me to do The Fall. It wasn't him. It was the choreographer. But he he was like I know I'm sorry blah 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 so I got that first surgery seven years later I was still in like a shit ton of pain and getting sick all the time that's when the autoimmune thing got really really bad because when you um, actually have a broken neck that wasn't fixed your body's just constantly trying to keep you from being paralyzed so you just get everything all the germs um and then your body starts attacking yourself, which is like what an autoimmune condition is, because it's just always like, high alerts. you are about to break at any moment. And then um, after I did um, the vibrator play, and before I did Women on the Verge, I had a second spinal surgery from a different surgeon who went in through the back and fixed it. But I had to like, go live home for five months, and I was in this huge collar. And my parents, I don't know why they started saying this. I used to have to walk around my high school track with this collar on, and and my family would be like, "Who's gonna walk, Laura?" Because they would, because I couldn't see, so I would just be like. And just like being walked around in my in my collar.
0: It's like the saddest John Hughes movie. Yes. It, it should be. It, it really like should she be. Ha- like usually it's like Drew Barrymore goes back and she's so cute and she wins the guy, but you're still like the nerd with the collar.
1: Yes. Even when you My mom giving 30. me a shower and every time she gives me a shower being like, well, you look a little different than last time <laughs> I gave you a bath. I'm like, we get it, mom. You haven't given me a bath for 30 years. Can you please stop?
0: Ugh. All right. But the point is through all that, we have seen laura on stage time and time again and all you exude and emanate is like this incredible passion and joy and beauty and like these fiery incredible women Uh and none of that joy feels to me lost in performance thank you and and what a gift for all of us and thank thank you. you for kind of barreling through all of that and continuing time and time again to give us this escape from life which is really hard and then we get to go for two and a half hours into the theater and find ourselves transported into another place and time and I just cannot wait to see what's next and what the future holds. And you are extraordinary. (laughs) Thank you so much. I cannot believe with all you have going on that you came to share your afternoon with us. I've been
1: wanting to do this for so long. I'm such a big fan of yours, and you're just so wonderful at this. Thank you for making me feel so good. You're
0: welcome. (laughs) The last thing that I just want to tell everyone about, one of the things we decided to do was take some of the proceeds from today's sale. So thank you guys for buying tickets because there's an incredible organization. Organization called A Step that Laura turned me on to. And do you want to just tell a little bit about it in terms of how they can find out more yeah. and why it's so
1: important yes. to you? So Artists Striving to End Poverty um, is a wonderful organization. You can Google them and t- to see all that they do. But essentially, they're in um, parts of India and Africa where they bring children who otherwise would not have homes into a place where they're safe and fed and, and cared for and have medical Care and then also learn about music and art and singing. And Mary Mitchell Campbell, who's also like a Drama Desk award winning music director and and an incredible human. I do not know. You should have her on actually. Yeah, I will. She's fascinating. She is so fascinating. If
0: you've ever gone to like Kristen Chenowitz concerts, she's she's, her music director. She's just an extraordinary talent and maybe came out of Juilliard maybe? No, she went to a small
1: Christian college down South, but she is just one of the most talented people I, I have ever met and also has the biggest heart. She's a true humanitarian. And anyway, so you can, you can donate, um, to a step and the money goes directly toward helping these children, not only be physically well, but sort of find their, their inner music, their inner life.
0: Yeah. And it really feels like art for these kids, and this is something I've been learning, is kind of a way out of poverty because through it, it really gives them skills that they wouldn't necessarily have. Um, And if you can't give, you can join and volunteer the organization and participate in the things that they do. So it was so exciting to me to learn about it. So thank you for bringing it into my life. I really look forward to getting involved. Maybe we could all do something together. Anyway, thank you so much for coming to this live podcast, Little Known Facts. I can't <laughs> wait to share it. Bugs can make the wind blow. Bugs can make the grass grow. So, there you go. These are Little Known Facts that now, You know. Some friends of mine got together and did something really special they created a little doll called Our Gus. It grew out of a need that they were sensing being the mothers of daughters in their teens and sons in their early twenties and realizing that that was such a peak time of anxiety and stress for the kids and the parents A time when life starts to feel way too big and when the need for unconditional support is at an all-time high. So they created this small rag doll that has the look and feel of an old hand-me-down but stuffed with little beads to be malleable and calming. It can be put in a backpack, a pocket, a purse, a briefcase, under a pillow, wherever someone needs it to remind them that they're not alone. So, just because you stopped getting dolls doesn't mean you stopped needing them. Go to OurGust.com or follow them on Instagram at OurGustDoll because we all need to feel safe and this is a perfect way to do it. If you want more information about my guests, go to the website littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says Contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast. And on Facebook,